Guthrie provides integrated, clinically advanced services that prevent, diagnose, and treat disease within an environment of compassion, learning, and discovery. And in this spirit, we proudly present Guthrie Radio. Here's Bill Klaproth. Head and neck cancer are cancers of the mouth, nose, throat, and sinus areas. They are particularly distressing because they affect basic human functions such as talking, eating, swallowing, etc. Head and neck cancer requires a multi-specialist approach and Guthrie's integrated system provides an excellent platform to ensure patients receive the best care. And here to talk with us about head and neck cancer today is Dr. Philip Pelletieri, Chief of Otolaryngology at Guthrie. Dr. Pelletieri, thanks for your time today. Head and neck cancer, how common is this? It's becoming more and more common as people are exposed uh, to tobacco products uh, with a uh, resurgence in smoking, especially in, in females. Uh, we're seeing it to uh, a somewhat greater extent than we had in the past. The other influence, of course, is um, those head and neck cancers that may be influenced by a viral infection, specifically the human papillomavirus infection. And when we talk about head and neck cancer, that would include the lips, tongue, gums, lining of the mouth, the floor and roof of the mouth, also the throat, voice box, sinuses, nasal cavity, as well as the salivary glands. Is there any other part of the mouth, nose, or throat that should be mentioned? Well, there, there are extensions from those areas that you mentioned, specifically the lymph nodes of the neck uh, that harbor uh, deposits from these primary areas of of malignancy, and of course the uh, you know the thyroid gland also can be a uh, a cancer reservoir. So, out of those areas, is there one that's more commonly affected than the others? I would say that we see more malignancies of the tongue, the tonsil, and the uh, uh, back of the throat area more than any of the other cancers that we see in the areas described. And in many, many uh, instances, these cancers present as enlarged lymph nodes in the neck with smaller cancers involving the, the structures that we just talked about. It used to be that we saw these cancers as being very large masses within the, you know, the structures of the throat and the oral cavity, but now we're seeing a greater incidence of those cancers presenting in lymph nodes, which indicates that the cancer has already spread beyond the, the primary site, the site of origin. What type of symptoms do you see with head and neck cancers? Well, it really depends upon where, you know, where it occurs and to what extent it is not attended to in a timely fashion. Um, So-called silent areas of, of malignancy can occur in the nose and the sinuses where, you know, the, the uh, tumor can grow to great dimensions before it obstructs the airway or causes a, uh, a symptom of bleeding or problems with, uh, with pain. On the other hand, cancers that occur in the oral cavity, especially the tongue or the inner lining of the mouth, may present fairly early because of an ulceration that becomes painful, or importantly, um, where a dental consultant or a dental hygienist actually sees the cancer uh, when the patient presents for dental cleansing or some other type of dental procedure. With any of these symptoms, at what point should someone come see you at Guthrie? 
Well, certainly if they have a, a neck mass, if you're an adult with a neck mass, uh, they should be seen. Uh, and if they're seen by their primary care physician and there's a strong feeling that the patient has an infectious history, they might be treated with an antibiotic for a week or two. And if, if that neck mass doesn't resolve, um, the patient should be sent to see uh, an otolaryngologist. And, and, you know, we here at Guthrie can, can take care of that quite readily. Um, certainly, if a patient has a growth on the tongue that they can see or feel, uh, if they have uh, problems with swallowing and feel as if they have pain on swallowing and notice a, uh, a mass lesion or an ulceration or some type of process that becomes painful and impedes their speech or breathing or swallowing, they should, they should come directly to see us. And when it comes to diagnosis and treatment, Guthrie provides a multi-specialist integrated approach. How does that work? Well, we've, we've established a, what's called a multidisciplinary clinic where patients who uh, either are suspected of having uh, malignancies of the head neck, head neck cancer, so to speak, or uh, have already been diagnosed will be presented at our conference. And, and what happens is that a number of specialists in different disciplines, such as surgeons, medical oncologists, radiation therapists, together with some of the supporting uh, professionals in pathology and radiology come together in a common conference. And the patients attend that conference. Uh, they're, they're presented to, uh, uh, to all of the participants. And then the unique uh, aspect of the conference is that these patients are then examined by the participants all under, under one setting. And so really what that allows for is um, the patients to meet the people who are going to be treating them, uh, to offer uh, a consensus opinion right on the spot, and then be able to direct any kind of scheduling, either for tests or for therapy, right when the, when the patient is there. You know, patients who have gone through this process here at Guthrie have really found a benefit in that because it saves time, it expedites their, their care, and it provides them a one-to-one meeting place uh, with the people who are going to be very influential in their in their therapeutic program. Obviously, the severity and stage of the cancers determine the treatment, but can you briefly tell us about treatment? <clears throat> you know, early stage cancers, that is uh, smaller malignancies of accessible sites, especially in the oral cavity, might actually be treated by surgery and nothing else. On the other hand, larger cancers, which may involve uh, important structures that play a role in speech, articulation, swallowing, and breathing, those malignancies may be treated up front with both chemotherapy and radiotherapy initially with an intent to cure. And then depending upon the response, the response both by the primary site in the, uh, in the head and neck as well as any lymph node metastasis, they may be candidates for surgical resection uh, of those components, most notably in the neck afterward. And the way we're able to determine the completeness of therapy is not only by clinical evaluation, actually feeling and looking and seeing, you know, where these cancers are, but also in specialized imaging techniques, which provide um, appropriate orientation of the anatomic aspects of the head and neck relative to the cancer, 
as well as the functional aspect of the of the cancer that is the ability of the cancer to image uh, through specific metabolic activities and in this way we're able to uh, to assess response for therapy and uh, depending upon response the patient may uh, be able to have either single or double modality therapy uh, sparing surgery or surgery only sparing radiation and chemotherapy. It really depends upon the stage. Earlier stages, less therapy, later stages, more therapy. In overview, quit smoking, and if you feel something is wrong, get to the doctor right away. There's no question that smoking uh, cessation should be promoted. And in younger people, we're finding that vaccination against the HPV virus, which has been you know, most effectively used in, in girls can now be extended to boys as well because these are, these are viruses that may be sexually transmitted and may remain latent for long periods of time before becoming active in adult life. And then, of course, as you mentioned, the recognition of symptoms, changes that require uh, more expedient evaluation and institution of therapy. Great advice. Dr. Pelletieri, thanks for your time today. Last question. For someone with head and neck cancer or if someone fears they may have this type of cancer, why should they choose Guthrie for their care? Well, I think as far as um, our ability to both diagnose appropriately and comprehensively evaluate patients and integrate and institute a complete and comprehensive cutting-edge management program, Guthrie really stands uh, second to none. We've been able to develop our program according to guidelines that are uh, set aside for national standards. We, uh, uh, I think, are able to comprehensively address patients through our multidisciplinary conferences. And uh, thus far, our outcomes have been absolutely excellent. You know, we stand ready to, uh, to address those patients who, uh, who have head and neck cancer and You know, we try and do that with the individual in mind and the individual's family in mind. So we try and provide not only quality clinical care, but quality service as well. Absolutely. Dr. Pelletieri, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. For more information, visit Guthrie.org. That's Guthrie.org. I'm Bill Klaproth. This is Guthrie Radio. Thanks for listening.